But hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 35 of Talk of Fame Podcast. I'm Kylie. Today we have one of the top music producers and composer in the industry, Marcus Bell. Thanks so much for coming on, Marcus. I'm so happy to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm so uh, happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to have you on. So over the last kind of couple of years, we've kind of been in isolation. So what's something they kind of did over the last two years they kind of wouldn't have time to do before? Yeah, well, uh, when the pandemic initially started, there was that moment, because I have a six-year-old daughter, and so there was that that moment where she was no longer had school, <laughs> right? Like that that period, and so um, so having to reorganize the whole world of my activity of life, um, and and really spend you know so much time uh, with her. That was one of the most beautiful um, and. Uh, precious things that came out of the pandemic, which I didn't plan for or expect. Mm -hmm. And of course, it was also challenging too, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, having to navigate uh, doing school over Zoom and, and, and so forth and, and coordinating that with family. But it also uh, gave me an opportunity to really contribute to more people. So I have a program called Wealth and Impact Bootcamp and which helps entrepreneurs and people that, that want to really make an impact in the world with their lives. And so what I did um, when the pandemic happened was really focus a lot of my energy and effort into supporting that community, supporting people that were maybe struggling with the changes. And so I have a lot of help to offer people that go through transitions, whether they're transitioning from one age to the next or one job to the next or someone that's working, you know, in, in a job and they want to become an entrepreneur or, you know, like that or someone that, you know, really wanted to be a recording artist or really wanted to be a visual artist or really wanted to be a public speaker or really wanted to, to make a difference in their community. But for whatever reason, there were some holdbacks. And so one of the things that I did during the pandemic was create a lot of different ways to support people with their bigger goals in life. And so, um, so that was, was another uh, beautiful thing that occurred during the pandemic. Oh, that's awesome. Like, did you um, do this before COVID happened or did you kind of came up with the idea like when kind of COVID kind of started? Like, did yeah, so this has been going on for a few years. Uh, what COVID allowed me to do was because more people came online, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, every everyone was more forced online. And so so that part of my business uh, really started to like explode in, in, um, in ways that, that I would have never anticipated and people becoming more and more open to looking at creating what's new, right? Yeah, creating sure. something something different for their lives because you know if if you're kind of on the treadmill of life and you're just going through your normal day to day to day to day without much time to think to think about what it is that you really want to do what is it that's on your heart and in your spirit why were you really put here on the planet if you're so busy and you don't have have not made space to really consider those things 
which end up impacting the things that you end up doing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and so I, I've, I've been supporting a lot of people with that. And in particular, um, it came out of my work with working with a lot of different celebrities. And, you know, so I would have friends of mine that would win a Grammy. And then the next day, it's like, now what? You know, I worked my whole life to get to that point. And then once you get it, then what? So I believe in, you know, creating something that's bigger than that goal that you may have in mind. Because once you meet your goals, whether that's a money goal or, or you know, getting in the charts or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Once you win, whatever winning is you think is winning, then what? Same thing with Olympic athletes. Same thing with people that are on teams and and play a big game and then that game is over it's kind of like the performance high um as i like to call it in the music industry it's like uh you know you'll be doing like stadium concerts and there's hundreds of thousands of people singing your song and chanting and so forth and then you go back home to your apartment (laughs) right from hundreds of thousands of people screaming and partying with you to being alone, right? That transition is uh, is something that you, that I suggest people plan for, right? You plan for it. And the way you plan for it is creating something that's bigger than self, something that is con- a contribution, right? So that that aim that you take on is in service of something bigger than you. Because once something is bigger than you and it, it's about other people, then there is no, uh, you know, like, oh, now what, right? Because there's yeah. always more people that, that can be helped. Yeah, for sure. Like when, like I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania, like I never pictured myself doing this. Like I was, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. And so like, I was always like a very kind of shy, independent little, little kid. And I used to like kind of quit on things instantly. Like once I first do it, I'm like, no, I want to do this more thing. And so like, when, like I was always a very independent, like scared child. Like I was always like a dependent that would rely on others to do things for me. That was the kind of person I was. And so like I dealt with anxiety and depression and just recently got put on medication and got diagnosed with anxiety sort of last year. And so before I even started this whole thing, and so it was a really touch patch. But then, like, even, like, the pandemic has been rough for basically everybody, depending on, like, school, work, like, like their careers, basically every single thing. And so, like, once I got kind of cleared on the medication and got kind of cleared, I started a podcast. He's, like, like basically everyone's inspiration, like, kind of get pushed me to get, start this whole thing and, like, in like this whole thing pandemic has really taught me to do more things and give people inspiration to show like what that there are people like them like I never did like I never had inspirations growing up when I was a kid I never found people like me so I just want to show people that they're like not alone and that there are people like them in the world and like it's people that really started this whole thing for me was like Gina Davis, Hugh Jackman, Patrick Dempsey, um, Kate Washington and Pompeo, those are like my biggest inspirations that got me through the, the depression, anxiety. They all got me through it and reason why I started this whole thing. 
And so they impact me so, so much. And so they're just amazing. And I don't know, like now I'm on episode 35 and almost hit a year in April with the whole podcast. So now I'm like, okay, this is actually getting very serious now. This is amazing. Yeah, well, the, the, the beautiful thing about um, what you're doing is, you know, you s- solve the needs that you have, right? And a lot of times we have the same needs other people have, yeah. right? <laughs> right? And, um, and that you would work through anxiety and put yourself out there says a lot about your capacities as, as a, you know, as a developing entrepreneur, right? Yeah. <laughs> to create something of value that is for an audience, for your audience that you're growing and, and building. And so uh, you didn't allow your circumstances or, or health or whatever it is, you know, however you, you want to label something, right? Stop you from actually taking action on something that is important, right? Important to you and then becomes important to others, just like the others were important to you, mm-hmm. right? And so it's kind of like a, a, it's like a circle that the thing as you were inspired, now you're inspiring. So if we look at our lives from that lens that, you know, it's kind of like the whole pass it forward phenomenon, right? Like pass it on, right? Pass on inspiration. And anyone can do that. Anyone can do that. Anyone can can be inspired. If you're inspired by this conversation, what is it that you could take out of this conversation that, that the two of us are having right? Listener. And take this conversation and use it as fuel to create something that is helpful and useful for others. Yeah, for sure. Like I never picture myself like being a podcaster or being in industry. Like I knew I was going to be in industry, but I just never knew why exactly I wanted to be able to put myself in the industry. And so like I felt inspired by so many people in the industry, but I didn't know what I exactly wanted to do. I tried so many things like acting, singing, many other things, and like they just didn't work out. And so like, I was like, like I was happy that's my favorite type of thing is inspiring people. Like how much as people, my idols and people in the industry inspired me, I want to be like them inspire others, the audience and um, my guests' audience, whoever listens to be their inspiration, pull out what my personal experiences have taught me to teach them what I do not well. Even though I'm still struggling with anxiety and depression, I'm struggling still. I'm, each and every day is a battle, but like I'm still doing this. I'm not going to stop. Like no matter what people tell me, I'm not going to stop. So like no matter what anyone says, I'm still doing this. Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah, you know, um, depression is... is one of those uh, topics that, um, you know, there are a lot of people that struggle with depression. And um, from what I can, can tell and just what I know uh, from it, there's some people that are functioning powerfully with it, right? Mm-hmm. And still doing things and, uh you know, whatever effort that it takes for them to do things, they're still doing things. And then there's the kind that is the, deb- the debilitating kind, right? Where mm-hmm. it's, it's, 
is not um it's not easy to get up and go right yeah. it's this is the same thing with uh with grief right when someone passes away and and you know you have to deal with the grief it's not something that you can just jump over right and mm -hmm. step over there's certain things in life that we can't just step over or it's going to pop up later in some other way yeah. and so so just uh you know it, it's a normal thing right uh it's 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 so everywhere especially with the things that the changes the massive changes that happen with like the pandemic the amount of divorces have increased the amount of, of people dealing with depression and anxiety has increased and and all of that and and i'm, I'm someone that doesn't look at the media i'm in the media but I don't watch the media, right? So I don't watch television. I don't uh, look at newspapers and so forth. Uh, so I am not pulled into the anxiety environment that is created to keep people's eyeballs and attention on things that also foster, you know, um, these types of conditions. So, um, so I, I would recommend to your audience you know, maybe go on a media fast if you've experienced anxiety from watching the news or, or you know, scrolling on, on social media and it, like that to fast those things that cause the anxiety, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. do something else, like replace it with something else. And this is yeah. one of the things uh, that was created during the pandemic was the 100 Days Impact Challenge. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and with the 100 Days Impact Challenge, really that, that uh, project was about selecting a thing that's important and going after it with the support of community because we created a community for it uh, with specialized knowledge because there's like a mini course inside of the challenge that people can take that helps you optimize your life help you optimize the things that you do that you're going to take on that you're going to put yourself out there to do even if it's or put yourself in there to do so sometimes people take on like a meditation challenge or or gratitude challenge or or someone launches a business right or put themselves out there more in social media there have been people in the challenge that have been on the covers of magazines because of the activity that they did in the challenge or they've been on television because of the activity they did inside of, of the challenge. So, so that 100 Days Impact Challenge, and that's 100 Days with a Z, if, if uh, someone wants to look it up, um, that challenge is also opportunity to like step outside of yourself and then put yourself uh, in an environment, right, that helps you for what it is that, that, um, that's important to you. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. So as I kind of mentioned kind of before, you are like a composer and music producer. What kind of made you want to start that? Yeah, well, I started when I was two years old playing the piano. And so I was a child prodigy. And I remember being a kid sitting on phone books at the piano, right? And, and doing performances uh, when I was six years old. And and really, I was very fortunate to discover the thing that is one of my purposes here on the planet, right, which is, is music. And I was fortunate enough to, and I was born in Norfolk, Virginia, 
I was fortunate enough to have parents that really supported, you know, all the trainings and all the lessons and, and the, and saying yes to the opportunities of me performing and, and, uh, you know, getting the kind of attention that I got when I was younger. And so there was a, a distinct moment where I decided, you know what, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I consider myself a lifer. I will always be doing music in some form or fashion, whether, you know, that's me as a producer, whether that's me as a, as, as a recording artist, uh, me as a musician. And so it's just one of those things that's like breathing air for me. It's as natural as water is in the body. Music occurs to me like that. When I listen to music, I hear everything. I hear the production. I hear the effects that were used. I hear the rebirths that were used. I hear how it was mastered. I hear the, the EQ. I hear the, the lyrics of the song and how the, the uh, song was constructed. I hear the arrangement. I hear the instruments. So there's never a moment of boredom, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm always studying and I'm always practicing. So even if I'm not in a recording studio, I have, um, you know, notes on my phone and I'm, I'm just constantly creating music. I probably do maybe 20 ideas a day throughout the day, right? Um, like that. And so that having music be not just as a lifer, but as a lifestyle, because I think once you commit yourself to something that is your thing and your contribution into the world, that it goes from being the thing that you do to the thing that you become, like it, you become it. Now I'm separate from it too, right? I also recognize I am not music, right? Music is a tool of self-expression for me. Um, and just as entrepreneurship is a tool of expression of my passion around like marketing and business and reaching people and like that. And so, so there's, there's me, Marcus Bell, Ringer Bell, the being, and then there are the things that I do, right? And one of the things I do is support recording artists and creatives. Another thing that I do is support entrepreneurs and thought leaders and influencers, right? And another thing I do is be a dad, <laughs> right? Be Baba, as she calls me. <laughs> right? For a little girl um, like that. Yeah, I love it. Like music is such a like a big part in everyone's life, especially mine. I, I can't even live without music. Like music, it wouldn't be a thing without you guys, like producers, composers and all those things. And I like, I don't know where I'd be without music. Like music is such a big part of my life. Like, I go listen to it all day, every day when I'm like in the mood to listen to it. Like I listen to like Walker Hayes, Ariana Grande, like, basically everyone listen basically everyone like Katy Perry and all those people so like there are so many people like music means a lot to everyone especially during quarantine there's a lot of music being discovered and a lot of music being written it's, but it's a lot changed especially most of everyone's basically doing at home writing songs and stuff at home since we aren't allowed to go anywhere and with the whole pandemic you know, a lot has changed but what do you think um, the music, like making music and stuff has changed since like COVID. Well, I see 
artists respond differently. So there are some artists that are stopped by the situation, right? Um, and so there, there's an artist that took uh, the Wealth and Impact Bootcamp program. And when he first came into the program, he had lost all his gigs because of COVID, right? So he was performing regularly every week. That was his main source of, of income and revenue. And so when the gigs stopped, because of course, you know, no one could, could be out, right? Um, he got blue about it and, and really stopped practicing, stopped, um, stopped music, really. And so when he came into the program and, and he ended up taking a hundred days impact challenge and decided that, you know what? I am not gonna be stopped anymore. I'm gonna go on social media every single day and I'm gonna do a new song, right? I'm gonna do a song from my repertoire. I'm gonna do a song. And so, so he decided, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm still going to be um, expressing myself through music and building audience and all those things that, that ended up happening as a result of taking that action. And so, so there's, there's the artists that have been stopped. And then there, there are the artists that have actually applied the gas pedal <laughs> to their creativity. And I've been working on a new album, a new um, bell ringer album where I've, I've pretty much in the past four months done maybe 27 songs now. Oh, wow. Right. And so, so I'm, I'm now having to decide, okay, you know, am I going to keep recording more and do 50 songs or do a hundred songs and then decide what's going to get released. Um, but over the next couple of months, I'm probably going to release one of the songs uh, that I've, I've recorded, but the amount of uh, creative energy that gets released when you take the opportunity, the golden moment that has been provided us to be able to allow our creativity to be unleashed. Um, I would recommend all artists, all want to be artists, all could be artists to leverage now as an opportunity to get your creativity expressed. Whether that's taking an online piano lesson or whether that's taking a singing lesson or whether that's getting poetry or whether that's picking up, you know, picking up a sheet of paper and a pen and, and, and going online and doing some drawings. So I remember when the pandemic first happened, there's this uh, children's book author and illustrator named Mo, Mo Willems. And he does incredible work. And he got on, and this was, I forget which uh, organization sponsored this, but he got on and basically had these drawing lessons, right? I would never have picked up doing something like that. Yeah. Right? But here I am with my with Melanie, my six-year-old, and we're sitting there and we're drawing some of Mo Willem's uh, characters from his books. Right? And I don't consider myself, I'm colorblind, so I don't consider myself like quite fit for like visual arts like that yeah but I discovered myself as someone that could be a visual artist just by that one thing and so um so yeah and then in terms of music as a an opportunity for healing 
you know, music is a tool unlike any other tool. So whether you have depression or anxiety, right? Music can completely shift what's happening in, in your brain and in your emotions. It can shift everything if used that way. So I encourage people to put together playlists that are mood-oriented playlists of songs that do something for you, right? So like the inspiration playlist, like what are the songs that inspire you, right? You put those on and you can't help but, but dance or whatever, get out of yourself, out of your routine. Or what are those songs that capture, you know, the emotion that you are feeling and right and, and create these emotional playlists that you can use as a tool uh, when you need to use the medicine that music can be. Yeah, absolutely. There's like so many songs on my playlist that like I need to make playlists or which ones that I like need to dance or calm. I have like more than 600 songs on my playlist, which is very kind of difficult to like, okay, which one does gives me the mood to do something? Like which one helps me do stuff? Like, like, because my music taste is so bad, like not bad, but like, like I'm into every single thing. And so like, it's like very difficult to like think like, okay, why is every song on my playlist something that I'm feeling right now? Like this is insane. Mm. And so like, that's like what the most important thing music is. It's like that you, like every single song, not like there's every song that will connect with you. Any song by any artist, no matter if it's like rock and roll, pop, country, uh, rap, no matter what genre it is, like you, like you can feel any emotion, no matter what kind of genre it is, no matter what, what song, singer, genre, like you will always feel something from the song. Yeah, well, that's 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 our job as artists. I, I would assert is to be able to communicate emotion but also evoke emotion in the listener. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you have worked with some like big, like big stars like Nicki Minaj, Katy Perry, Snoop Dogg, and many more. What was your kind of experience working with them and some other big names in the industry? Yeah, well, I work with a lot of different artists in different genres, a lot of different artists in different ages, a lot of different artists from different, um, you know, places in the world, right? So whether it's K-pop or doing work in Turkey with Turkish artists or, um, and then, you know, a lot of different genres. So the way I see music maybe is a little bit different um, than a lot of people see music. See, there, and maybe this is also a function of me going to like Berkeley School of Music. So when I went to Berkeley School of Music, you know, there are thousands of, of writers and, and songwriters and musicians. And I've seen some of the most incredible talent in the world, mm -hmm. right? Throughout my life, right? Um, some of the best singers that you've never heard of. I've heard some of the best songs that you've never heard of. I've heard some of the best productions that you've never heard, right? Yeah. And and so so my my view on like celebrity is a little bit different just because uh, I've been a part of some people's careers 
before they became celebrities, right? Yeah. And I've been a part of people's careers when they were at the peak of their celebrity and then, um, and then you know, their celebrity fade because of lack of maintenance or marketplace shift or, or you know, what was popular, you know, dubstep's no longer popular. And now, you know, whatever, whatever the, the, the situation is. And so I don't look at celebrity and I don't look at the names. I look at the human beings, right? And so I'm as uh, satisfied musically working with a new artist, right? As I am someone that's established. In fact, I was thinking about this uh, earlier a lot. There are some constraints that happen when you're working with known artists, right? Because there, there's a consideration of audience, uh, tradition, you know, like that. And the thing with new artists is for the most part, um, there's the opportunity to take risks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To try new things in a different way, right? And not that you can't do that with, with, um, with you know, major artists, because that does happen too. And I enjoy that. And, um, and there are, are projects that I've done in the past that are so abstract, right? The, the merger of Tibetan Buddhist instruments with classical and, right? There's, there's not a playlist that this would necessarily fit on in the pop charts. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Those are those those are the things that um that musically excite me, right? Is when I'm able to to merge things. For example, um there was an artist that I worked with many many years ago. This was like back in the 90s, right? And it was before there was like anybody doing hip hop country. And there was this artist his name's Gary King. A, an amazing vocalist and songwriter. And we did a whole project that was hip hop country, right? And this was before anyone had done that. Those are the, those are the kinds of things that, that, it, that it excite me, right? Um, are the things that are, are forward pushing. And then just a good song, uh, something that evokes mo emotion, like those things ex excite me as well. Even if it's something that's, you know, that is working in the commercial charts. So I, I enjoy all of it. I enjoy the people, I enjoy the artists, I enjoy the process. And um, because, you know, I really care about human beings, yeah. right? I care about the person. It's not the thing that makes the person successful, it's the person, right? Because mm -hmm. someone, could be unknown right now and have that seed of icon status in them, right? The, the unknown person could be the icon of the future. And so, so I, I never measure um, my activity based on where someone is in their journey because, you know, that can happen and that can change overnight. Yeah, for sure. Oh, like, does that yeah. answer your question? Oh yeah, you did. And so like, that's really how I basically count on people. It's like, I don't really care about kind of like their celebrity status. Like I don't care how many roles they've been in or how many songs, successful songs they made. Like, I don't really care about that. Like that's something that like, I love. 
like kind of count on as like a journalist and someone I want something I want to be as big as like that song or as big as that artist. And so like sometimes I think like I want to be an icon for some people. Like I want to be an icon like some of the A-listers one day. And so like some people always think like you should always count on a celebrity as like as their work. Like the only thing we should um count on is their work, not at their private life and their personality. That's like the only thing they care about. And I always think always for my personal perspective, I always count on like their personality and like what they're like behind being in industry, what are they like behind like what they do. So that's like something kind of people need to kind of start doing is like that they're not Yes, they're famous. They're, they, they're human. They're human like us. They're normal human beings. Yes, they might be chased around by the paparazzi probably every single day when they go outside. But they're the same human, like they're the same people as us. Like they're human beings that they need to be treated like ones and be treated differently. Being, be, basically being their fame kind of towards them a little bit. Yeah, well, here, here's the thing. Um, you know, a general public is not going to get to know a celebrity really yeah so um that you know so there there's a yeah i mean there's a human being there but there's a role there right so when i work with people that are are up and coming uh stars uh, up and coming celebrities right there is a role that is and a responsibility right to an audience and so, so it's a very delicate thing, right? Because, um, because there is the, um, the building of a brand, right? And then there is who the person is that is the brand that always changes and evolves or grow. Like in the, in the best case scenarios, people change, evolve and grow. And sometimes what happens is the changing, evolving and growth that happens for uh, the person and the changing, evolving, and the growth for the brand are two separate things. Yeah. Right? And the, the rate that you change and evolve and grow a brand is a lot slower than the human being growth and development. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, so, so there, there's a, yeah. So, so, I mean, there's a, there's a world that I could, I could say about that, but it's, it's really, you know, separating out for your, for a listener, for a fan or, or, you know, someone that is interested in an artist or a celebrity like that is really, what is it about them that is drawing you to them? Yeah. And once you identify like, oh, I love the way this person, whatever, right? The way that they talk about X, Y, Z. Usually the thing that you see that you love and appreciate, usually that thing is something that's nested inside of you. Yeah. So you can use the people that you admire as an access to something that is possible inside of you. And that's, that's, that's the way I, I kind of look at the world of, of that. Yeah, same here, same here. So you have, we kind of talked about this before, but you have created the 100 Days Challenge as we kind of 
talked about a little before, but what kind of made you want to start that? Yeah, well, that came out of the uh, seeing the results that people were producing in Wealth and Impact Bootcamp. And I decided to make a public launch of some of the tools that are used inside of Wealth and Impact Bootcamp to have people produce high results and make that available for, for anyone for a dollar a day, <laughs> for a hundred days, right? For a hundred dollars, someone can sign up for the hundred days impact challenge. That's day with the days with a Z and, and get a taste of tools that are used to help people propel um, in the world with their, their most important aims. Oh, I love it. Like, did you kind of think like you would make an organization kind of like that? Like, did you know this is kind of like a problem that was going on for a while? Or is it kind of something that just kind of snapped and this hit you that you should do this? Yeah, so every business that I've started has come out of identifying a need, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I had started many years ago a digital marketing agency because I was working with a bunch of artists and, and they were having issues with their social media and so forth. And, and I had some specialized knowledge and had some friends that had specialized knowledge on how to go about social media and building audiences and so forth. And so, so that's, that's why I created that agency. And the first clients in that agency were artists that I had been working with. And then, um, then I noticed that, oh, okay, there are things outside of the music and outside of the art that people aren't addressing, right? So like, yeah. you know, how do you create something that's more purposeful with what you're doing, right? You can be successful, but is that having significance? So then I started supporting artists with creating their lives to be one of significance, not just the success of achieving awards and notoriety, and so, and then like all these other areas of life, like, you know, how do you plan for that? And so I started creating programs to support that. And then I started to expand out to like Wealth and Impact Bootcamp to support people that aren't just artists, but those that are podcasters. I have podcasters inside of Wealth and Impact Bootcamp. I have speakers inside of Wealth and Impact Bootcamp. I have doctors, you know, teachers, coaches, right? Creatives, visual artists. And so, so there are a lot of, I've had like people that work in the space industry in there, people that work in government, people that are in the military, right? And so, so it's, it's a broad enough spectrum where uh, I'm able to really use all my knowledge in a lot of different areas um, that, I, that I've studied and practiced and be able to support people. And so, so that came out of identifying a need and just creating something to satisfy that need. And I, I believe that, um, at least for me, that's, that's the way I, I go about creating enterprise is based on the needs of, of the environment that I see and the people in that environment. Um, I very rarely do I say, oh, I have this great idea and I think people will like it. No, people have a need. Do I have help for that need? Okay, how do I create it so that they can get access to the help that I have? And so that that's that's how that that's how that happened. Oh, love that! Like that's amazing. Like, at least you can like speak to people all around the world and try to connect with different people, like politicians and all that. Like that's like my favorite kind of thing about doing this podcast and having social media as I can connect from um, 
different people, like singer-songwriters, uh, composers, producers, like actors, many more from all around the world. And so they and I sometimes receive messages saying like how much I, my podcast impacted them that they want to start a podcast. And the me like once I read those messages, um, my heart goes melt. Like I, I'm like I, you know, I sometimes I think I'm doing something important. Like this is something I love doing that I hope is co continues to be in, in impact on people like it is right now. And so like before I even want to become to be like a podcaster journalist. I want to be a politician, basically, being the government. Because, like, I guess, like, I watch a, I'm a huge Gina Davis fan, as I kind of said earlier on, and she has a show called Commander in Chief, where it's about the first woman president and all that, basically how the, like, being a president and all that kind of system works. And so, like, once I first watched the show, maybe want to become a politician. So I got really into that. But if it wasn't, if I didn't want to become a journalist one day, Abby politician basically someday and become mm. like a president or something. I'm not sure it's gonna happen, but that's something probably a good goal of mine I want to do, probably. Mm. Yeah. Well well this this is the thing. Uh, there are pathways to everything it is that you want. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So um so th there are systems in place, there are are ways to go about uh creating that. And because uh, I've, I've also supported people that have become politicians and um, and I'm, I've seen a lot in, in that area. And, and there is a pathway <laughs> if you want to make a, a, a policy, you know, um, type of impact or a governance type of impact. There are ways to, to go about that and, and build that. And so um, so if that's what you want to do. Then, <laughs> then, well, um, there's, there's discovering what the systems are that exist for that to happen. And then, you know, seeking specialized knowledge from people that know how that system works. And then, and then organizing your life and your activity around that outcome and, and the amount of time that, that the years that it will take for that outcome to achieve, to be achieved, right? So yeah. it's like, if you wanna be a lawyer, um, you know, and you're in high school and you say, okay, I wanna be a lawyer, you don't the next day go and take the bar exam, right? Right, there's a process, you gotta go to, you know, uh, go to college and then grad school, like there's a whole process for being a lawyer if that's what yeah. you wanna do, right? And it's the same thing with everything else <laughs> if you yeah. want to be a singer there's a way to go about doing that if you want to be a recording artist that charts in in billboard there's a way if you want to get nominated for a grant you know there's a process for everything mm -hmm. yeah there's always a process like no matter like what you're doing even if like you're a politician like or like a singer journalist like or want to become like a lawyer there's always a process, no matter what you want to be. A doctor, for, like, for as an example, there's always something you got to do to be that. And so it, it might take months, days, years, 10 years, might, uh, no matter what it takes. The doctor, there's always like a little process. And so I did, like the thing I kind of learned when I was starting the podcast is that like, it's not like, I don't know how to kind of explain it, but it's like it takes time to like grow your platform and get known. That's kind of something that I 
kind of thought it was going to happen overnight. And like when I first kind of thought of it, like I did the I wanted to be out of like to be known, I like to become like be like a very well kind of known person. And so like I just I thought like if I release episodes so much, that I'll be well known. And like it might not happen overnight. It might take a year from now. It might take months, but it doesn't happen overnight. Like that's something I'm trying to work on. It's like nothing happens overnight, and this takes time. There's always a process. For that. Yep, consistency. Yeah, it's a big part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. Of any process is consistency. Yeah, for sure. So, what is kind of some advice for kind of like younger generations that would like kind of be in the same kind of position as you one day? Any advice? I I don't um know that I have advice except for just some thoughts. Right. So some thoughts that I have for those that are aspiring uh, towards entrepreneurship or aspiring towards a career in the music industry. Um, so the first thing is, what is the environment that you're putting yourself in that is going to allow for that to happen? And so whether that's location. So when I left Virginia and went to Boston uh, to go to school for, at Berkeley School of Music there, and then I had to decide to change the location, right? Um, and so, so I ultimately ended up here in LA, which is where, you know, there's a, the film industry and television and music and like everything is here. Well, the fact that I can just hop in my car and go and be in the environment of the entertainment industry is significant. So, so I, I start looking at environment and in this online digital space, right? So, you know, is there a group? Is there, is there networks? Are there communities to put yourself in an environment with people that are, are actually already doing the thing that it is that you want to do? Then there's finding mentors. So I'm a big believer in, in mentorship because I have mentors, right? Yeah. And, and those mentors help guide me um, and save me a bunch of time and, and pain. And so I'm a mentor for you know, people that take my, my programs. I can save them pains and time that, that I, I spent. So mentorship, look, seek mentors. People that have achieved something oftentimes are open to given their ideas, um, but find, seek wise counsel from mentorship. And then the third thing is taking action, right? Taking action once you know what the actions are to take. Don't just take action just to be taking action because you could be wasting a lot of time, energy, resources, taking actions that aren't going to get you to where you want to go. So it's identifying where you want to go and then putting those tactics and strategies in place that you check in with a mentor, someone that's done that before, that you're listening to the environment to see what other people are doing, studying what is happening, how have other people achieved it and all that. And like thinking before acting mm -hmm. and taking and taking deliberate action. And, and if, if, uh, if, if someone just takes on those things, then that would 
dramatically impact an outcome in, in their lives, I, I believe. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's like a, such like a big thing nowadays since we're doing a lot of like crime happening nowadays and like kind of quarantining mental health. That's so important. And like, as you kind of talk about mentorship, like mentorship is basically a big part in, in basically everyone's like, everyone has kind of like a mentor or someone to kind of look up to at what they do. And so there's millions I can say, but do you have anyone that like you, that mentored that or like inspired you as a kid or like inspired or mentored you now as an adult? Oh, I seek mentors all the time, right? So when I was a kid, I, I was mentored by a guy that used to be president of the Family Channel, some executives at Eminem Mars, um, some entrepreneurs and local entrepreneurs back in Virginia. Like I, I had a lot of mentorship, um, you know, when I started my business, when I was 12 years old, I started a record label. And so I had mentors that were uh, giving me input and, and ideas. And I seek mentors now. So, uh, so I have a, a mentor that helps me with cryptocurrency because I'm an investor in, in cryptocurrency. And, and, uh, and so I've been investing in that and creating NFTs and, and things like that. And so, you know, I have a, a billionaire mentor that has, has helped uh, support me and, and gaining specialized knowledge with that. Uh, I have a mentor uh, her name is Dr. Monica Sharma, and she is an expert on systemic social change, right? So she, she's been mentoring me for probably over 10 years now around, you know, how systems work, right? So, so I believe in, in looking for mentors that have specific specialized knowledge, find a master and learn from a master. And so by me studying with masters, it has increased my capacity to see connections and how things are connected and, and see things that other people don't see because I can look through the lens of masters and um, and like that. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. So like the final question kind of for the interview is you wrote a number one best-selling book called Bell Ringer Brandon Bible. What kind of inspired you to write that book? Yeah, so that book I wrote with my mother and it was the it was released and became a bestseller the year that she passed away. And so I was able to celebrate, you know, that um, the success of that book uh, with her before she passed. And basically um, I saw that there were a lot of artists that would approach me for support and uh, wouldn't necessarily be able to um, raise the, the capital to, um, invest in, in working with me. And I, I wanted to create something that could help them, <laughs> right? Uh, when I couldn't be present to help them. And so, uh, so I collaborated with my mom on that and that gave us so much quality time together. We worked every single week on a bigger book, which that book actually is just a chapter uh, is a book in itself, but it really is like a chapter in a bigger book that we had been working on. And, um, and that book actually was turned into an NFT back then, right? So that book was released, I think, in 2018. And so before the NFT craze happened, like that book was one of the first books to be NFT'd, actually. 
And so, um, so I believe in, in kind of pushing the envelope on things. And, and that was also something that was inspiring about the book, not just the help that it provides people um, that, that, uh, that go through it. Cause they're like, it's, it's like a workbook inside of that book as well um, that helps guide people's thinking, but also the way we released it and, and, you know, using the blockchain for it uh, with, with uh, my business partner on, on the book publishing company, Shalita Burke, who's actually a crypto uh, currency expert as well as recording artist. And so, so, you know, we created something in particular with that book um, that hadn't been done um, before. God, it's amazing. Like, I love that. Like, my mom, like, loved doing stuff with my parents. Like, doing the best, like, doing some things, having connections with your parents is always amazing. But did you kind of expect the book that you made with your mom become a, like, a number one bestseller? Like, did you ever kind of expect that? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't go about things in that way uh, with the expectation. I know that there's there's work that happens, right? And and the work is creating something of a tremendous amount of value, being able to articulate that value and get it to as many people as possible, right? And then everything else that happens from that, um, you know, whether it's awards or whether it's it's becoming number one, because it was like number one in three different categories. I didn't anticipate that. I couldn't have said, okay, you know what? I'm going to create a book and it's going to be number one in three different categories, you know, in Amazon and, and, you know, you know, so many people are going to read it and, and, and all of that. Um, but except for planting the seed for that possibility. Right. And so that's kind of how I go about things. Like even with this, this album that I'm going to maybe release this year and the singles coming off of it, like, I'm just, looking to capture as much emotion as possible, right? Express as much emotion and connect with as many people with the music as possible. Now, if it goes on and becomes like a hit or, or gets number, you know, that's like a byproduct of, of like an intention and activity, but that's not the end goal for me. The end goal for me is like, I want to be able to touch the person listening, right? I want to be able to give someone that's listening hope to, to carry on. Like, you know, you listening to my music and saying, oh my gosh, like that inspires me to, to continue and go another day. Like that's more valuable than any kind of award to me. Right. And so, so that's, that's how I look at things. Absolutely. I love that. So I just want to thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. It was so fun to speak with you. You're amazing at what you do. Don't give up. I can't wait to hear the songs once it come out. We'll speak soon. Thank you so much for coming on again. All right. Thank you for inviting me again. I enjoyed the conversation. Of course. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye.